We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson, and I'm thrilled to introduce my new podcast, TE1. TE1 will chronicle a 60-year evolution of the tight end position, from its origins as an obscure, overlooked blocking role to the versatile superstar position that it is today. I'll explore the evolution of the position through conversations with some of the all-time game-changing tight ends. And just like the incredible tight ends we sit down with on my new show, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. This truck is all about grit, strength, and dependability. The same attributes it takes to be a tight end. Ah, yes. What's good, everybody? Before we get into today's episode, you still have some time to join our Patreon and join our NFL Confidence Pool Pick'em Contest. Last year, we gave out $300, some merch, a guest spot on the show, patreon.com slash veterans minimum. You can see all the details and instructions how to get into that contest. My guest today, my guys from the Always Cheating Podcast Associates of Blue Wire, my guy Brandon and Josh, we come on and we shoot the shit about the English Premier League. We shoot the shit about how they started their podcast, soccer podcast, soccer fantasy podcast, I should say. Really fun conversation, man. My guy Alex as well from VMFC, he joins the show also and we kind of just shoot the shit a lot of venting and ranting of the disaster that was the 2018 world cup for the united states and a lot of other fun conversations man i hope you guys enjoy this one and we'll be back with some nfl later this week you already know the vibes and yeah consider this an early christmas gift three episode week sit back relax and congrats I'm working hard for respect in my city. I'm working hard for respect. Yeah. You think you got it? I got it for real. You think you got what I got? Uh. This one for those they forget in my city. This one for those they forget. Yeah. This dog off the leash and it's ready to kill. Yeah. Homie, 
me go finish your mail. My guys. They're my guys now. You know what I'm saying? Native New Yorkers, adopted New Yorkers, Josh Landon, Brandon Kelly. You probably heard Brandon's voice early on a couple months ago, that very powerful, sexy voice. Dulcet with, tones. With, yeah, sets the tone. You know what I'm saying? One of the best beards in the game. Gentlemen, it's a pleasure. Thank you for coming on the show. And my guy, Alex, as well. Alex, best for last, baby. You know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. <laughs> Thanks so, for having us, Nick. Uh, great, to, great to be here with you and Alex. Yeah, man. We, uh, we spent about like 15 minutes talking before we uh, started recording, which is usually what I like to do. Maybe, you know, ease everyone in a little bit and, and just talk. I, uh, Premier League is coming up. We're going to get into that. If you guys are watching this on the YouTube, you can see I'm sporting my U.S. soccer jersey as well. Very passionate about that. So we have a lot to dive into. But, fellas, tell me a little bit about yourselves, man, because I, I know about the podcast. I know you guys have a little niche of the, the fantasy aspect, which I think is really cool. Um, let me just ask this right off the bat. Do you guys gamble? <laughs> yes. Uh, the, the short answer is yes. Um, Josh is is more of a gambler than myself, and he introduced me to Texas Hold'em, which uh, has been a lot of fun. And I think that's where, when we talk about fantasy sports, Josh, you're better at sort of calculating the odds. Where I tend to go more for the gut feel, and I don't think gut feel is necessarily the way you want to gamble, particularly when you get bookies involved. Yeah, Brandon likes gambling. I would say I'm closer to like being addicted to gambling, you know, so <laughs> like I, I'm the kind of guy who like if I go on a business trip for two days, like I'm like immediately looking for the nearest casino, uh, no matter where I go. <laughs> Don't worry, my friend. <laughs> Listen, me and Alex, right? So Alex is out of Chicago. We, we had never met. And the first place we met, Alex, tell him where did we meet first place? We met in Vegas. Can you believe that? <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Vegas. Out of, out of any place in the world. Vegas. Just the lasting, two of you? Lasting friendships come out of Vegas. <laughs> yeah, man. So, so my birthday's in March, right? And it was, uh, I've always wanted to go to Vegas for a fight weekend. And I'm a big UFC fan. I have a lot of buddies that fight in the UFC also. And it was March 7th or 8th was, it was Adesanya Costa in Vegas and my birthday's on the 11th. So I'm like, yo, you know what? I have this extra money from the show. Let's go out there. Made it, treated it like a legit business trip. Uh, thank God Alex is on here because he can vouch for me. It's like, true. Yeah. It wasn't I, until- I took all my gear. Yeah. It, it wasn't Save the in, receipts. Right? Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I, I met with a couple of people from Blue Wire as well conducted a bunch of interviews, met some people at the UFC. Then I got credentialed too, which was dope. But I really treated it like a business trip. And that's the first time Alex and I linked up too. So, uh, and that's like the, 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 the degenerate capital of the world. You know what I'm saying, Josh? Yeah. I, I would. I mean, I've, you know, Atlantic City is actually probably even more degenerate. I don't know if you've oh, ever God, been yes. there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's kind of done though. AC is like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if it's still a fun place to go. I mean, I haven't been there in a couple of years, but. It's only uh, fun for that slingshot ride. I'm not sure if you want to go there to play right. blackjack anymore. Yeah, that's true. It's really more about the boardwalk and uh, <laughs> yeah, Harris. Yeah, you know, you know what? Oh, you, wow. you bring up a good point because at least with Vegas, you, there's some appeal there, right? There's shows. There's the yeah. great food. There's the pool parties and the nightclubs. Right. Right. Where AC is kind of a dumpster fire. So I totally <laughs> yeah. agree with you there. Yeah. Dude, I, uh, I, I love to gamble. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to beat around the bush. Um, gambling, when you said the, you're addicted to it, I think it's a very unique kind of addiction because of all the addictions that you can have. 
think gambling is the only one that you could win in, right? Like, in theory, dr- yeah. Drugs is <laughs> well, yeah. It, it it depends, right? But like, <laughs> drugs it never ends well. Alcoholism never ends well. Where gambling, it's like, yo, you know what? This fifty bucks might turn into three hundred. And Brandon, that's why I think we get in trouble, my friend. Yeah, the hope springs eternal, right? Nobody cracks open the sixth beer and says, this is when I actually solve cold fusion. But that 50 bucks does present a certain degree of hope. Yo, Alex, when we went out to, to Vegas, Alex, you're not, you weren't much of a gambler, were you? I don't remember. I always found a little bit of interest in gambling, but... I mean, I had just turned 21, so I'm like, yeah, hey, I can finally go to the casino. And <laughs> here in, in Chicago, in Illinois, gambling wasn't legal until like early March of this right. year. So there was nowhere to go. I didn't know anyone that could take a bet. So I'm like, oh, I'll just follow it from afar. And then when I went to Vegas, it was the first time that I was actually able to gamble legally, um, both because of my age and because I was in a place where you can actually legally gamble. And it was... Yeah. pretty fun and now i find myself going to the casino maybe a little bit too much but i just go to like join my friends because they're heavily invested in it literally um, i'm smiling ear to ear because <laughs> listen man it's you know you're, you're my type of people josh you're already <laughs> one of my guys just because you if you're a gambler man and you can have fun with it you know i know uh, when i was younger it would get a little chaotic but now i think with the show and talking about it more and I'm also a big daily fantasy player. Do you guys, Brandon, do you play DraftKings or FanDuel stuff? No, I never got into it. I mean, I know we're going to talk a fair amount of uh, fantasy with regard to the Premier League, and that's kind of my my main entry point mm-hmm. into a lot of my sports watching. But the daily stuff, I never got into it. Um, we did, it we was did more, the daily, starting 11 for a while. Yeah. Da- yeah, daily Premier League stuff. There's an app called Starting 11, which we used for a while, but, uh, you know, there are issues state by state, and uh, it, it was hard to uh, get it to work after a while in the state of New York. Um, so basically, you use uh, a non-daily fantasy fantasy platform, and then the money that, that really is the juice, that's happening on the side. Mm-hmm. PayPal and Venmo, like I'd be curious to know what percentage of money is going across PayPal and Venmo that is actually friends paying other friends for bets or fantasy <laughs> pools that they're in. How yeah, much time you got? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really. So yeah, my like my my fantasy Venmo. has generally been off the books. Right. Well, it, I find it interesting because at, were you guys uh, doing Premier League fantasy. Uh, daily fantasy sports have really emerged over the last, I'd say the last like five years, it's, it's really blossomed into its own thing. And now even some of these websites are sponsors of teams and their logo is courtside and it's all this craziness. There's just a lot of money in it. And Josh, did you play more daily fantasy? Cause you were nodding your head before. Well, yeah, I mean, I, was, I got really interested. I actually almost, I almost dipped my toes back in um, with the NBA when the NBA bubble started because I was like, oh, this is like, it's like a daily fantasy dream, you know, mm-hmm. just like games like every single day, like all right. spread out throughout the day. Um, but I actually haven't, you know, partially it's like I got a little like, I read some article a few years ago about, you know, like bots and like all of these people setting up like 50, you know, and it kind of like scared me off the daily fantasy thing a little bit. And I've heard they've like, and also New York for a while, you just couldn't do FanDuel or, mm-hmm. um, or um, what are the two? There's like FanDuel DraftKings. And, and DraftKings, right. Yeah. Um, and, and for a while you couldn't do them in New York. I think you actually can do them again now. Yeah. Um, so I think I just got like a little like, 
scared off. And um, I don't know, like doing this fantasy Premier League thing, like the season is like 11 months and 20 days long, you know? <laughs> so, so that, that was that, last that season pretty, anyway. Yeah. Last season it for sure. It was. So I feel like, um, yeah, yeah, but I haven't really ever done it. Um, I mean, like I, I've heard you can do like single player leagues and like, that's, it's like, I, it's like, I, I guess I haven't done it. Cause I don't know if there's an edge, you know, like, do you, do you like, have you won money doing it? Yeah. I've, um, shit, if I can move the camera around, I would show you a stack of money. No, not, not the stack, <laughs> but dude, I, I've completely redone my entire basement, you know? Well, it's my home office. It's not the basement. It's the home office, but because of uh daily fantasy, I think that you can gain an edge and a lot of people feel the way you do Josh, where, they're worried about the bots and people with the big bank rolls. And Brandon, you can relate to this too. As you said, Texas Hold'em. Yeah. You know, you, uh, I'm a, uh, I love playing Texas Hold'em as well. When I go to tables, I go and I sit at the one, two, where it's a $300 limit. I'm not going to go with 300 bucks and play five ten and just get bullied off someone, yeah. even if I'm better yeah. than them. Right. So that's why there's some, there's some parallels between, the the texas hold'em world and the dfs world where i always tell this to people how your best bet when it comes to daily fantasy is the single entry contest alex myself josh and brandon can only pay play one lineup as opposed to alex is this hot shot wall street guy who just has an unlimited bankroll and over time he's going to do better than us because he's just going to be playing more and he'll have it's yeah. called mass entry lineups where he'll have 150 where Josh, you're firing one bullet. Brandon's firing five. Yeah. Right. No chance. It's like a, it's like a scary conversation for me. Like, <laughs> really? I can turn in my head now. <laughs> yeah. Alex, how about you, man? Do you dabble in daily fantasy or do you even do? Cause I, you're, you follow soccer way more than, than, than I do. Not going to beat around the bush. I love the champions league. I don't miss any champions league games, but and also, you know, uh, I'm an Arsenal fan, guys. It's been rough for the boy the last couple of same, same, so yeah, Josh. same. Yep. yep. Wow. All Brandon, Arsenal you too? Fans. No, I'm a, I'm on the west side with Fulham, the Cottages. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Well, Clint Dempsey used to play there, so I have a soft Full America, it's strong for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, Alex, <laughs> how about yourself, man? Do Do you play any soccer fantasy? No, man, I don't. I actually I've played a couple of times. I'd say maybe like three years ago. And I actually won like ten dollars. Um, ha- I haven't done it since. I'm like ten dollars. I leave with uh, with a little bit of profit. That's it. Never tried it again. Um, it well, you're, very, you're you're much more disciplined than Josh and I would be because yeah, ten dollars. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, We're rolling that right <laughs> back in there. I wouldn't even download the app for that, right? <laughs> hey, so guys, man, you, it, it's something. You were telling me a little bit before we started recording. Where are you guys from originally, Brandon? Yeah, we're both from Michigan, and uh, we're both Michigan State grads. So when we're not talking about the Premier League or soccer, we're definitely talking about Tom Izzo or uh, <laughs> whatever giant um, center is is playing for the football team. Um, but but Michigan State basketball, I think, is where Josh and I spend most of our non soccer sports watching time. And that was the biggest bummer of the spring was the. March Madness tournament getting canceled and, yeah. uh, you know, Michigan State's always a fantastic tournament yeah. team. So we, we were robbed there. Yeah. Did you we were, guys yeah. meet at Michigan State? 
Yeah, you want to you want to yeah. hear the story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we we did uh, we we dated the same girl in college, and uh, so I dated oh, her first, and then uh, and then Brandon dated her. I, it was it wasn't that long, right? It was like three months later or something like that. Uh, I'm Brandon, enjoying this conversation. I can't <laughs> wait to hear how it goes. <laughs> so he's a couple years older than me too. And so I was like a junior in college. She broke up with me. I'm going to be straight up, you know, whatever. Uh, I'm, I'm over it now. It's been 20 years and like, I'm almost there, you know, give me like a couple more months and <laughs> passed it. <laughs> we got, there's like, there's like seven kids between us, but you know, yeah. yeah. So, um, so she uh, showed up at the bookstore I was working at with Brandon and I kind of hated him like immediately. And, um, and then that was it. He was just a guy that she dated that I hated. Uh, and then we both moved to New York, like totally unrelated to each other, um, within like a month of each other. This is in like 2006, Brandon, 2005, summer of 2005. Yeah. Got 15 years, man. Um, so, uh, so she was already here. Uh, she got a job in book publishing. And so she had this, um, this book event where, um, it was like, you know, there's like a lot of like random book events in New York that like eight people come to, you know? Right, right, right. so she uh, needed like some seat fillers. And so she invited me and Brandon and, uh, and we like sat for the reading for like five minutes and then I was still smoking at the time. Uh, and so we went outside to smoke and uh, we just hit it off. And uh, that was kind of it. We've been like best friends for 15 years, like it's, basically it's, from that day. <laughs> it's the rare story that ends with two guys who have dated the same girl and it ends with them being better friends than they ever were with, yeah, with the we girl. Her. Yeah. <laughs> She's still around. Um, yeah. And- but so, so yeah, that, that's, that's the sexy story of how always cheating came to be. And when it, you know, you learn, you, like it is when you're younger and you, you just have a buddy, uh, you get together and you joke around and we felt that we just had this sort of conversational connection and other people had to experience it. So we started doing a more general interest podcast because that was mm. the thing you did back in 2005, 2006, two guys, one mic, no topic. And in the wheelhouse, <laughs> a, a great dead podcast. I wish like it's, it's like scrub from the internet, but it's. Wait, so yeah. you guys started, you guys have been podcasting for a while then. We have. Yes, we have been podcasting for a long time and it became a grind. You know, every mm. week we'd get together and be like, well, what are we going to talk about? Well, do you have a, a memory about bowling with your grandmother or did you watch a movie this week? What are we going to talk about? And whenever we would get together after a couple of years of doing in the wheelhouse to do it, we'd put off actually recording the podcast by just chatting about the Premier League and chatting about our fantasy teams. So at some point, we just said, why isn't this the podcast? Why don't we just talk about fantasy sports? And that's, that's where Always Cheating actually was born. It's weird, too, because like, so about 10 years ago, after the 2010 World Cup, that was when uh, Brandon and I got really, all right, Brandon was always a big soccer fan. He played soccer in high school. Uh, I was like a real general interest sports fan. Like, I mean, I kind of still am. Um, but the 2010 World Cup, I just sort of got the bug and um, I wanted to learn more about soccer. Um, and uh, Brandon was like, you know, we should just start a fantasy league. It's like, you know, if you, if you play fantasy, it's like just like the best way to like mm. really like learn, learn a league. Absolutely. Like, I, I, anyone who's ever been like at a bar where there's like a 65 year old grandmother who's like talking about her, you know, NFL lineup for you know, for Sunday fantasy or whatever, like, it's like everyone, like, it's like, you know, it's like the, the, the barrier for entry is pretty low, you know? Yeah. So I viewed it as yeah. like a foreign language immersion program. Right. So, you know, you're an Arsenal supporter. So you know, the players on Arsenal, but there are 19 other teams in the league. You jump into a fantasy league with your friends. You're forced 
within about a month to understand who the premium players are on all the teams in the league. And after you know it, you're completely conversational with any Premier League fan that you come across. Yeah, it's it's less about like us being like games people as much as us like wanting to like just be more like like bigger sports fans, you know, with the with the Premier League. Well, the the Premier League also and Alex, tell me how it was for you in Chicago because I know in New York I knew that soccer had arrived here when I walked it was like a Saturday morning. My buddies and I were adopted LSU Tiger fans. None of us went to LSU. No family went there. One random Saturday night, we leave Madison Square Garden, and we're bar hopping in the city, and there's Legends Bar, which you gentlemen might know as the sure. football the factory. football factory downstairs, yeah. a great place to uh, watch tremendous, football. Tremendous, tremendous. I went and I watched uh, – it was uh, Spurs-Liverpool. So last year's Champions League final I watched over there. And – it's it's an amazing atmosphere and it's an LSU alumni bar and I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, dude, whenever LSU plays, it's like a marching band and shit. It's it's, yeah. it's chaos. So it wasn't until one Saturday afternoon, it was like Fulham and West Ham were playing on NBC Sports. And I was like, This isn't Manchester United, this isn't Chelsea. Like People know of those clubs, especially when you play FIFA, too. I think FIFA has really helped the yeah. American game yeah. a lot. Yeah. But then you see Fulham and West Ham, you're like, what the hell are they doing on TV? No no, <laughs> no disrespect, Brandon. I know you're a Fulham guy. But... None, none taken. <laughs> we're, we're not exactly big time. So, so, Alex, what was the vibe like in Chicago? I'm curious. When did you see soccer arriving in, in that sense? Man, I grew up in an all-Latino community. So soccer has been around me my entire life. Right. Uh, I probably wouldn't be like the, the person to ask for that. And again, I've been watching soccer my entire life, but it's just like in high school, for example, a few years ago, you would hear people that you would never expect them to say anything about soccer. They would just come up and ask me yeah. or ask my friends like, Oh, what do you think about this player? What do you think about that? Uh, are you going to watch this game or whatever? And there was a little bit of interest. And I, I feel like that interest has started ever since I, I don't know what it is, but the turn of that decade going into the 2010s, mm, uh, yeah. that's where soccer really began to grow here in the States. And it helps a lot that we have guys like Pulisic, McKinney, um, yeah. Tyler Adams, Gio Reyna playing in the big leagues. These guys aren't playing in um, no disrespect to the Dutch league or, you know, any other. Yeah. Uh, I hope Josie Alt- Altador isn't listening to this. <laughs> you can't uh, watch them on TV, right? Like if, if they're playing in the, the, the Portuguese league or exactly. whatever, you know, it's, exactly. it's hard to find. You need, yeah. yeah. To watch the Portuguese league, you need to have gold TV. Do any of you have gold TV? No. I don't think I, I don't do. think so. Yeah. So yeah, there yeah. you go. Right. The the Dutch league, you need to watch it on ESPN Plus. Whereas the Bundesliga, it's going to be on ESPN um, this upcoming season. The Premier yep. League, NBC was on Fox before. La Liga, it became a little bit more obscure, but that's for other reasons. But again, I grew up in a Latino community where you would put on Univision. Mexican soccer was on on Saturday nights and Sunday afternoons. Right. Um, and that's pretty much what I grew up with. But then, of, of course, as I grew up, I started appreciating the better quality soccer more than the Mexican one because you try to sit through a uh, uh, Mexican league soccer game. Um, 
Sunday. Like MX, it's, it's kind of yeah. fun. I don't know. I've I've seen like a little, you know, but yeah, a I don't couple know. of games. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a couple of games. Those are, those Tigres kits are dope. Uh, yeah, love those oh, Tigres yeah. kits. Yeah, Dude, they, you, they 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 have very nice kits. Go, you, go ahead. Nick. You guys mentioned 2010 going to the bars and watching the World Cup. I also think, and Alex, you also mentioned how that turn of the decade. Man, that was a fun World Cup team and run that they went on. Uh, yes. The the goal against Algeria is still mm. probably in the Mount Rushmore of my favorite sporting events. Dude, I broke go, my go, foot. Go, go, USA. Yo, listen, I broke my foot playing pickup soccer at the park like a week and a half before the World Cup started. And I just remember having a big-ass brace on my leg. And Donovan scores the goal. And I'm jumping up and down on yep. my broken leg. My mom's yelling at me like, you're going to make it worse. I was like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Ah, I'm just yelling and shit. <laughs> so it's, it was moment. one of the greatest moments. Yeah. And, and then, you know, they go, they, they, they play Ghana. And then out of nowhere, they develop that rivalry against Ghana yeah. going into yeah. the 2014 World Cup too. So you caught a nice stretch there. Yeah. Um, yeah. 24. Well, yeah. Yeah, I mean that's that's why it was so, such a bummer that uh, the U.S. didn't make the World Cup in 2018. You know, it was just like such a missed oh, yeah. opportunity. Yeah, I mean, because like I mean, you know, part of the fun of being a Premier League fan is like just watching it grow. You know, it's yeah. like I mean, yeah, like I guess there's like a commercial part of it for the podcast too. But just like in general, like I just like want my mom. Like I want my. You know, it's <laughs> weird to have this podcast that like if we went to Premier League headquarters in March. You know, it was like we've done like, right, like right, actual right. like stuff. But like you know, my mom doesn't like can't name a team in the premier league you know what i mean but it's like it's like you need like the world cup is like that kind of like gateway yeah you know the gateway drug or whatever to like get people into you know soccer nick mentioned that u.s ghana game where donovan scored the penalty and um my wife who is very sports averse like actively doesn't want it but because world cup fever is somewhat undeniable she said you're going to a bar in the neighborhood I want to go check it out. And the bar was packed to the gills. Mm -hmm. And when that, when Donovan scored that penalty, the roof came off. And I remember looking at my wife and she had tears streaming down her face because the emotion, and this is something that I don't want to, I don't want to get too sentimental about soccer, but that's no, an emotion that, that is, okay. that is hard to deliver in any other instance. And there's something about a goal like that in a world cup that can really make a new soccer fan. So yeah, it definitely was a missed opportunity for the US, but in the pro column, Alex, you mentioned NBC, and I think their coverage has been huge mm. for uh, the Premier League in the States. The fact that you have access to every single match that is played that week, granted you have to spend for gold, but we talk to all of our friends in the UK and they they ask us, how are you so knowledgeable about the league? How do you watch all these games? Because in most countries, a lot of them are blacked out because they're actually being played locally. They want matches to go to the, to the grounds to support the teams or they just don't have the broadcast rights. So we're really spoiled. On top of that, the fact that there is no other sport competing for broadcast time when the Premier League is on. Bingo, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so if you're an NFL fan, you can be an NFL fan and a Premier League fan as well. Yeah, the Sunday game's on at one. It's like a perfect, like, I mean, I, I, have, I have a three-year-old, so I can't really do this, but in theory, you could just like watch sports like straight through from 9 a.m. to 
I mean, when is the when is the eight p.m. Is it eight or eight thirty? I can't remember when the Sunday game. Eight thirty. Yeah, it's yeah. it's around midnight. You know, before like everything settles down, it's around. Yeah, you're talking about a twelve hour, even longer, Beautiful. like a fifteen yeah. hour extravaganza. <laughs> I, I mean, you're I think, the guy who used to watch Sports Center like seven times in a row when I was a kid. Oh you know, yeah, like, man. Those, yeah, six yes. to noon. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I'm glad you mentioned that, Brandon, because I, I wanted to close the show with that. But we, we've mentioned U.S. soccer so much. Um, it it still it still upsets me that they didn't make that World Cup because I think the door was slammed shut on a lot of those fans that were starting to get it like pulled in and then for you not to be showcased there was devastating. I thought it really left a hole in the federation moving forward. And you know we do have a nice influx of youth players like Alex mentioned in passing, uh, and 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 that was big. You know, Brandon, you mentioned your um your girlfriend before about yeah. um the goal that that donovan scored right yeah. dude yeah. i remember we're at the bar and the drawing comes out and it was you know the first game was against ghana this is 2014 now I'm just sure. telling all my buddies they're like yo what do you think what do you think what do you think yeah. do we have a chance do we have a chance my like, yeah. listen if we don't get three points against ghana it's quiet because it was like portugal and germany where the other two were like we need we Thank God we avoid those two giants early on. And we can worry about them later. Y'all, I'll never forget. I'm getting chills right now. My buddy Dylan walks into the bar and then Dempsey scores, right? It was Dempsey that scored the first goal. Yeah, he sure did. Right out of nowhere. And it was electric. Yeah. And Dylan headbutted me. Like we just had, (laughs) we were also like 12 beers in too. So Mm -hmm, sure. And then, and then the John. You've got to get to the bar early to get your seat for these matches. So yeah. And then John Brooks scores that goal. And and I thought what you said before was perfect, man. That, a World Cup goal could change your outlook on yeah. the sport of soccer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it I mean, really is yeah. magic. Alex, what do you what uh what do you feel about that run of U.S. soccer? And actually, you know what? L- let's talk about the bad about it. How do you feel about the current state of U.S. soccer right now? You know how I feel, and I'll go last because <laughs> you've heard some of my outrageous takes. I don't know if these gentlemen have. Yeah, I, I can summarize that if you like, Nick. Uh, calling already uh us the 2026 world champions i think that's a little crazy i hope it's true but i don't know if it's gonna happen um but there are a lot of very very good players and i i I did mention this a few minutes ago that there are a lot of good players potentially great elite players in the elite european leagues pulisic mckinney i forgot to mention one of the best right backs in the game right now Sergio dest he should be playing in Barcelona, honestly. Right. Um, give him a year. He'll, be, he'll probably be in Barcelona. Just wait until all that mess goes away. Um, yeah. But U.S. soccer right now has a very, very good, solid base in the, men, in, in, in the senior team. But my problem with U.S. soccer has been the same ever since I can remember, and it's the development of the youth players right here. The problem is – that if you want to play in the MLS, for example, and you're, you're not like a super special talent, you have to go to college. By the time you get out of college, you're what, 21, 22? So just the imagine. Jordan Morris problem, right? There you go. There you go. Perfect example. Just imagine yeah. me going into the MLS. Like, uh, no, yeah. like yeah. most of these guys have already played for three, four years if they're my age. You look at a guy like Kylian Mbappe, he was 19 when he won the World Cup. 19 these kids here 19 they're still in a classroom learning chemistry 
you don't need that for soccer. Spoiler for anyone that yeah. that is into education like that or for any teachers watching. So that to me is the problem. And I am living this right now because my brother is currently a freshman in high school. He's right next door. He actually helped me set up the camera. Shout out to him. <laughs> he is a freshman in high school and we've been deba- debating back and forth whether he should play in high school or he should go and play in a club. He was playing in a club for a little bit, then this whole COVID thing hit. And of course, I mean, he hasn't played since. But we have been debating that. And I feel like that's the problem with many kids across the nation. There should be a more easy way to become a professional if you have the abilities. Of course, we're not asking for everyone that laces up a pair of boots to become a a professional. That's not going to happen. Realistically, though, some kids just have the it factor. Of course. Of course. And why should they go to college here? It just doesn't yeah. make sense. It's not it's like traditional to, yeah. to, to do it like, like a football player, for example, or a basketball player. Obviously, you, you have to go to college. But even but the NBA is rolling it back, right? Like, exactly. That, yeah, that was the yeah. next point that I was about to make. Even then, like you play for a year and then you're good. Or if you're like LeBron James, all right, just come straight to the NBA. But that's my biggest problem. And what do we notice about the players that I mentioned? Pulisic, McKinney. Serginho Dest, Gio Reyna. Those guys are already in Europe and they're yeah, young yeah. and they've been in Europe for a long time. They didn't right. go through this system. The guys that go through this system typically just stay in the MLS. So if they want to take that, that step a little higher and they want to become an elite world-class players, I think they should probably get out of here or yeah. something has to change. Something has to change. Yeah, yeah I'm, a big, I, I'm a big tennis fan, and it's it's kind of the same thing there, uh, where you know it's like in America, like there's kind of like most most young tennis players go to college. You know, it's kind of the same thing. Where um, anyway, Brian, sorry, I, I think I cut you off. B. Well, yeah, I think that's a good point, but I think even beyond asking young Americans to move overseas, young Americans, and you were kind of hinting at this, Alex, just flat out don't have the opportunity. So many of the best places to develop as a soccer player in the States are pay to play. Mm-hmm. And another huge problem right there. Right. And that just limits the scope of the scouting in the U S and yeah, you can big up the the current class of players on the senior team, but is there anyone behind them? And uh, I, I don't know that there is in a country this big. Yeah. It's hard to scout. And that's why you really need the full fledged support of the Federation. It just doesn't seem like they, they're very well organized or they know what to do with their funding. I mean, Josh is loves to make fun of the Craig Berhalter appointment, but I, and I mean, it wasn't like a great appointment, but I think that's the least of their concerns. If the U S can get a a full a full squad of 20 players to go to the world cup that are all at that Pulisic level, then that's a victory. And you know, if we had that, then sure. Berhalter can coach them. I don't care. I wouldn't say it's the least of their concerns because he's so bad. You know, <laughs> well, I do think that the I've I've been harping on this for the longest time, and I think it's because like my background, I'm Greek, so I even in Greece, when you're 13, 14 years old, you get pulled out of school, you go into the academies, and I think mm-hmm. here in the United States, that's just not the norm. Like if you if if I pull out my kid at 12 years old, I'm like, yo, I'm going to bring him to the Red Bull Academy and he's not going to be going to high school or junior high school. You know, you guys maybe would understand because you are soccer fans. And if you saw him play, you would say, oh, yo, you know what? He has something there. 
But to Bill, my next door neighbor, he's going to be like, what the hell are you doing with your kid? You're going to ruin his future. Where here yeah. we really felt, and look, I don't want to like shit on the education system because you need an education. Don't get me wrong, but there are exceptions to the rules. I went to Buffalo State and the kids that were on my dorm, we called them the Canucks. They were from Vancouver. They played on the hockey team. Over there, they go, when they graduate high school, they go and they play juniors. So they come in as freshmen at 21, 22 years old. And they were telling me stories how Patrick Kane of the Blackhawks, he at eight years old was playing with the under 15 kids. And it's like, you could just tell that there's levels to this. So I think it's a, it's a society problem why the U.S. isn't good in soccer because of that. And when you do see kids like what Alex mentioned, Gio Reyna, whose his parents both play professionally for the men's and women's team, uh, Pulisic's dad pulled him out and said, we're going to, we're going to, to Europe. You're just, there's something there with you. Mm. And you're just seeing it with these kids. So, Brandon, you said the kids that are coming behind these guys that we have now, I think parents are seeing them flourish and playing on these big clubs as maybe opening up the doors to saying, "Yo, you know what, man? It's not that crazy if my kid is 12 years old and he's clearly the best player in his region. Let's go and try it out there. Let's go a summer to Inter's Academy or something or go and help Arsenal from the dumps and who knows what could happen there. Yeah, it's it's a good point. I, I it's a good point. The with these star players right now being younger and younger, you think of the team that led the U.S. into the '94 World Cup. Those guys are ancient by comparison yeah. when they were playing in that World Cup. Uh, Alexi Lalas, Marcelo Balboa, and, and Tab Ramos. So to see these kids get younger and younger, I think you're right. It could it could make it more realistic for uh, other American families to try and go that same path. Nothing better than it was like even like two or three years ago. I feel like even two or three, you, you didn't have Pulisic, we didn't have, or maybe like he was just kind of emerging, but it was like all of these kind of, I mean, Des wasn't on the radar at all. You know, it was like, like all, you know, so it's like, I feel like I actually feel more hopeful than I did in 2018 when the World Cup didn't take place. At that point, I was just like, what, like what's even going on? It was like everyone got fired at, you know, the, you know, at the Federation, it was like, you know, new manager, it was just a, like a disaster. And then there wasn't a lot of young talent. So at least now, like, there are a few guys who are like, okay, like, there's like a, I don't know if like, they have the midfielders yet. It feels like that's, that's still a bit of an issue. Um, although, I mean, because like Rania and Pulisic are kind of forwards, you know, I, I don't know, but like, you know, we'll see. I mean, it feels like they need like a little bit of like spine still, you know, in that team. Darlington Nagby, is he still, for anyone who oh, follows man. the MLS, is he still doing his thing? Harry Kitchen, surely somewhere. Harry Kitchen. Yeah, well, well, McKinney might be that guy that you're talking yeah. about. The yeah. spy now going to Juventus. Yeah. There, I'm cool. reading some reports. One of my buddies is a big Juve fan, and he was telling me how even the Italian media is pretty high on him. And Pirlo has hyped him up too. I know coach speak sometimes can be misleading, but I think I, I think they're doing it right now. You know, you hit rock bottom as a as a country when it comes to soccer in that sense, right? And the reason why I've been – my outlook is on 2026 is because the World Cup is here. And 60 of the 80 games are going to be in the United States. I know it's Canada, Mexico, and the U.S. So we're probably going to get an automatic bid. We don't need to worry about qualifying. Oh. Hmm. So my whole thing, Brandon, while my outlook on the U.S. men's national team is 2022, please qualify. Yeah. Please, right? Yep. And I want all these young guys – to go there and I want them to mess up. I want yeah. them to play Brazil. 
I want them to play Argentina. I want them to get shellacked if it happens. I don't care. I want all the young guys that are now going to be 21, 22 to be playing. So then six years from now, 2026, it's in our backyard, right? Six of six World Cup champions, it's happened in their backyard. I know I'm sounding crazy here, but there's just, there's a path to this being the case. I want the experience for these young guys. Just just say a little prayer every night that Christian Pulisic still has hamstrings by the time we get to 2026. Yeah, that Premier League run might run him to the ground there. <laughs> but I, I love it. I, I, if, you're, if you're right then, and we're all wrong, I'm so happy to be wrong. It just seems like the, the, the youth that's coming in, and, and they're playing on big clubs like what Alex mentioned, right? We're not hyping up guys that are on the Red Bulls and, and DC United and the Sounders. We're like, nah, man, you know, guy was probably the best player on Chelsea towards the tail end of that mm. season. Yeah. Right? Would you guys disagree? Uh, no. 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 Right? And so, you know, you guys follow the Premier League, and, and now you got Reyna on, on Borussia. You got McKinney going to Juventus. These are, these are top of the food. Don't game. sleep on my man John, John Sargent there at Werder Bremen. Yeah, yeah. All right, you, right. Go. <laughs> you know, I'm still holding on stock to, to, to Wea as well. You know, right, the, yeah, right. Yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. The, the father genes He's got the genes, yeah. yeah is he, he's at, like, Lyon, or he, I think he moved from PSG to, like, another French club. <laughs> yeah, right? he you know, it's, wheel. Yeah. it's, it's, a little, it's yeah. hard to get some run on PSG with those big guns. Yeah, for sure. So I think it was yeah. the best move for him. Tell tell me a little bit more about uh, Josh. Tell me a little bit more about always cheating. What is it exactly yeah. that you guys are doing over there? What's like the the basis of your show? I know we touched on it a little yeah. bit, but let's let's do a, let's start talking about your show now. Yeah, well, it's it's a podcast. Uh, I guess we're we're entering our sixth year, so we've been doing it for for wow. quite a long time. We were actually one of the first. You know, NFL fantasy is like a, a massive podcast market at this point. Like you, you know, you put an NFL fantasy into, but like I feel like the Americans got onto the the like kind of niche sports podcasting stuff just like a little bit earlier. Um, and so when we started our podcast, there was basically like one other, you know, one or two other fantasy podcasts out there doing Premier League stuff. And uh, um, and so you know, I just think that people kind of liked having. We were actually a little nervous about it because you know, obviously, we don't live in. England, you know, and, and I'm like kind of like famous in the pod for just like mangling names. Like I do it all the time. I was, I was talking about uh, Grady, Grady D&D in Ghana, who like this player he moved from West Ham to, 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 to West Brom this last week. And I was like, there's no way I'm saying this guy's name right on the podcast a couple days ago. And it's, you know, so it's like, I was like, has anyone can even like accept this, you know? Uh, but I think the podcast has always been um, more about Brandon and I. It's like it's like the it's the story of of us as as like friends and not to sound like too like corny or whatever, but it's just like it's like the story of like us as like friends and like fans of the Premier League. We have like we're very competitive with each other. We have this head to head league that we do. Uh, what's kind of cool about the fantasy game too, and I, I imagine a lot of people listening have never or watching have never um, done it at all, you know. And so basically, it's it's. Um, it's a little different than a lot of American fantasy sports because um, in American fantasy, you, t- you typically have like, like a draft, you know, mm-hmm. and one player can own, can own that player um, or one person can own that player. In fantasy, uh, in Premier League fantasy, everyone can own the same set of players. So you could have, you could have a mini league of 20 people and all of you could have, you know, Eden Hazard or whatever. Obviously he doesn't play in the Premier League anymore, but it's like, you know, you can, everyone can have that one player and then you sort of, you get a hundred million dollars to spend and like, 
someone like Kazar, for example, was like 11 million, right? So it's like, you kind of like figure out like how much money you can fit in. Each week you make a transfer. And then other than that, it's, it's very NFL fantasy style. You know, a, a goal is worth um, four points for a forward, five points for a midfielder, six for a defender. Uh, oh, defender gets points for a clean sheet. Uh, you get points for an assist. You know, it's like all the kind of, all the counting stats that you would expect. Um, they have like a bonus points system as well um, that they use. Like, so if you, for example, if you get like a brace in a match, you typically will get uh, two or three bonus points for that. And so, um, so that's, you know, but it's, it's, again, it's, it's a little like, it's like the Texas Hold'em thing where it's like, it's really easy to, to learn how to play. And then once you're in it, like kind of like, just sucks you in like all fantasy sports. It just sort of like sucks you in. It just becomes this kind of obsession. And so I think that that was really what got us started about because we just loved, we would get together, like we get together these card games uh, with our wives and uh, you know, like you play for a while and then you just start getting like really drunk. That was usually how we did it. And, uh, <laughs> and then Brandon and I would end up in the corner, like talking about our fantasy teams and it'd be like, not just like for like 10 minutes, but like, 90 minutes of just like us like ignoring our wives and talking about our fantasy teams and um like i mean i guess it's like, but you know it was just it was just fun we just loved doing it and um so the podcast it like when it's you know when we're when we're doing it well um it's it's that experience of just like hanging out with a friend talking about yeah. your fantasy team like we are not the kind of podcast that's like super stats based. Like th- there are a lot of people who do that really well. I'm sure that's true of NFL fantasy stuff too. Like there's like a mix of stats based and, and other, but like for us, it's, it's really about having fun. And, um, and so it's sort of like make fantasy fun again is sort of our, yeah. <laughs> sort of our motto for this year. Yeah. I, I think that's right. And the, the whole idea of you and I in, in the corner of a dinner party, just talking to ourselves, you think about the millions of people playing fantasy premier league, a lot of them, maybe maybe a guy is in Gary, Indiana, and he doesn't know a single other either Premier League fan or fantasy player. Maybe it's somebody who lives in the heart of London, but he never gets out of the house because he has small children and he has family obligations. So I think another way that I could view always cheating is this is the conversation that you want to be having with your friends about fantasy Premier League, and we you can have it with us if you don't have anyone else to have it. I mean, we, we do work in prescriptive elements into the podcast. Okay, this week, who's your best captain option? Who's the midfield that's in form? How are the matches taking shape over the next few months? But where our strength is, is just sort of welcoming, welcoming you into this community, yeah. and you are not alone if you're playing this fantasy game. We do a lot of like Q&A, like mailbag type stuff on the podcast too, you know, like just sort of like people like write in with questions. Sometimes about fantasy, sometimes totally unrelated. Um, we sort of like, uh, we have like, uh, we've sort of fallen in love with a few players. Like we have this like kind of like incredible track record of falling in love with players who then immediately leave the Premier League. Um, <laughs> like, this guy, Sam Vokes, the Volkswagen. Uh, he was like this kind of like second striker for Burnley that we just kind of fell in love with. And uh like boom like immediately like knocked down to the championship yeah. um you know so. alexander sorloff alexander the famous sorloff. norwegian yeah. from palace who it's like crystal palace would refuse to play this guy this giant striker who looks like ivan drago from rocky four every time he got on the pitch he looked pretty good but it was so rare that that happened then crystal palace the last few seasons they loan him out to uh to all these various clubs i think he's on his way to leipzig now and he does great for them so it's baffling that our talismanic player still can't get Never a slot. Never free Lord Sorloff. Yeah, yeah. Isn't it weird that the Premier League is probably the, not probably, I think it's the best league in the world, like top to bottom. 
but all the players aspire to play on different clubs, Alex. Well, competitively, the Premier League is uh, it's very even. But when you have teams like Barcelona and Real Madrid calling your attention in Spain, it's kind of hard to deny it, right? Uh, so they've got yeah. they've got the history and they, they the have star they, power too so they have yeah. the paychecks or the uh, mm-hmm. yeah uh, the bank account that's for sure and it's easier to shine bright as a star on barcelona <laughs> real madrid when the competition yeah. is a little more slack so i mean not to take any anything away from the ronaldos and messis of the world not that <laughs> there are more than two um but they look they look that much more baller when they can just dribble circles around these second tier uh, uh, Spanish defenders. Well, yeah, that's a hell of a point there. If they didn't have any Champions League success, I think your argument would be much stronger. Not that you're making it, but like <laughs> the fact that they won all these champions. Because I feel that way about Neymar. Yeah, I think, I, mean, <laughs> I think Neymar, and you know, this is someone who Josh will get a kick out of this. I had seven plus 750 PSG from October to win the Champions League. Mm, and, man. Uh, How close is you were going to get there? That first yeah, half, man. Dude. That first half looked I like know, they were close. Yeah. 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 And let know, me be clear, Nick. I'm not trying to make the point that Messi and Ronaldo are overhyped. No, uh, of course not, not. Of course not. But I, I think there's a lot of truth to what you're saying. When you're playing Atletico Bilbao and some of these other, you know, Mallorcas of the world, yeah, you're going to be scoring hat tricks. But, you know, Messi and Ronaldo, they won all these Champions Leagues. Where Neymar, he ventured out on his own because he wanted to be, you know, sort of like Kyrie Irving, right? Kyrie wanted to leave LeBron's shadow because he wanted to be the guy. Mm, That's not it, Chief. It doesn't always work out that way. And, like, Neymar, even the Copa America, Alex, correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't Neymar out or hurt? hurt. He was hurt, yeah. And Brazil won it. So it's like, are you a guy who is – I think he's one of my favorite athletes to watch. When Neymar is on, like he was in the in, in the semifinal round during the Champions League, he's like – and then what he did to PSG when it was on Barcelona where he like completely took over that game and it was a 6-1 game. Yeah. Like he is flashy. He is incredible. But when he no-shows and he doesn't have another alpha like him, man, it is very, very visible how yeah. – how bad it could get. I think, I think the fact that he's been knocked down a few pegs makes him a little more likable, you know? I mean, I know, I know that PSG wins the league every year, but, like, you know, Brazil, like, I mean, we'll never forget. Like, I mean, I know it wasn't his fault he, like, broke his back or whatever. Right, right, right. In the, right. Yeah. You know, yeah. 2014 World Cup. But or was it 20? Well, yeah. It was, it was not a problem for Batman. Batman broke his back. That's and he true. Still That's what I'm talking yeah, about. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's go to prison, have some, like, random dude just, like, break it into place or whatever and just <laughs> there you <run> go away <laughs> guys we've been uh sort of my i also didn't mention this in the beginning when whenever i do a show um i do have a guideline but i tend to like jump all over the place just because like conversations go left and right i know we had a little bit of a list here of topics we wanted to cover so i might skip through some of them but i do want to talk about the premier league with that starting up this weekend Brandon, what would you say, just as a uh, as an outlook of the whole Premier League, what would you say is your biggest storyline going into this campaign? Yeah, I think we hope that COVID nineteen is not the big storyline, though. There's right. current current outbreak of cases there, which is that's definitely a story to watch. But just as a fan, the storyline for me in the Premier League is it's like the top the top of the table is back. 
the the progression that Arsenal, your club, has made since Arteta came on board, all these incredible signings that Chelsea has made in in the last month, mm-hmm. and Frank Lampard did decently enough last season. So you put that um, on top of Manchester United finding their form again and, and making some decent signings with Liverpool and Manchester City. The top five biggest clubs in the league look like they're going to be sort of back to being big clubs, which is exciting and I can't wait to see what that competition for the top four is going to look like because I think it's going to be tougher than it's been in, in I don't know like five six seven years were, were you were either of you guys wrestling fans growing up I dabbled around with that with the triple h era uh right but but that's it's, about it that's about it Wrestlemania okay, the, six is where it ends for me um I, I never quite got over I mean Hogan he had he had him down. Okay, I'm sorry. Like just because the ref was unconscious. <laughs> rules are rules. The Ultimate Warrior was down. Hulk Hogan won that thing. I love it. And I you know, it's it. it was it broke my heart as a however old I was. I don't know, six or something. So the reason why I mention it, the way I feel about Arsenal, forever the Intercontinental Champion. Ooh. Not gonna main event <laughs> wow. anytime soon. They're not gonna be uh, world Sad. heavyweight champ. It's just like. You're going to win your FA Cups. You're going to win your maybe a, a Europa Cup. But, man, like, there's just something. And you look at the roster. They have some big-name players on their team. But it's just something. Maybe now with Arteta there, it can yeah. maybe he can mesh them together. But, you know, I've been an Arsenal fan since Thierry Henry. That's my favorite soccer player ever. Good and uh, now I tend to be following a lot of the American kids. And I know this is like uh, – People, maybe if I was on your podcast and I was saying this, like, I have a soft spot now for Chelsea because of Pulisic, you know, and they're like rivals in in London. So that's just how I feel about Arsenal as a whole, just to get that off my chest. (laughs) Well, what do you think, Josh? Are you more optimistic with Arsenal going into this season? No, I feel exactly the same way. (laughs) Uh, They're, I mean, they're like a... I mean, I I love Arsenal, but like, I mean, I mean, you know, American sports fans know like Stan Kroenke, like that's, he's not exactly like, it's not like Fenway Sports Group, you know, where like he inspires a fair amount of confidence. You're just like, you know, he's okay, I guess, you know, I mean, uh, I mean, if you can get over the Rams thing, right? Like stealing away from St. Louis, but it's just like, I'm just not a fan of, uh, I'm not a fan of the Cronkies. It's really honestly, the Cronkies more than anything are what kind of like hold me back as an Arsenal fan. It's like, I, I like I don't want them to do well. <laughs> like, I'm yeah. so Dude, I'm a believe me. I, I root for the Knicks, the Mets, the Giants are a dumpster fire now too. Yeah. You got Dolan over there in the Wolpons. Like every team I root for is yeah is a disaster. <laughs> Josh, what would you say is your biggest storyline heading into the EPL? Yeah, well, I mean, there's a couple. Like, I mean, Chelsea is spending like a just an absolute boatload of money is is pretty exciting because uh, we were so um, desperate for sports uh, in June uh, that when the Bundesliga came back. We did Bundesliga fantasy for a while. I listened which, to that one. I actually did. You? did. Oh, okay, awesome. <laughs> it was hilarious, by the way. Yeah, we didn't know what we were <laughs> right. doing, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Alex. <laughs> but it was like all of the players that I love from Bundesliga fantasy are like coming to the Premier League now. Like Kai, Kai Havertz signed with Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Uh, Timo Werner signed with Chelsea. Uh, this guy uh, Dad up at Makano looks like he might go to Man United. Oh, like, heavily, man, he's so heavily. Good be perfect you know and so like if that happens that'd be awesome so you know like but chelsea just spent like a ton of money they even brought in tiago silva from from psg um hakim ziyech hakim ziyech yeah from psg from um from um ix ix thank you um you know so i just like what they're gonna do but it's kind of weird because 
I mean, usually it doesn't work that you just buy like five great players and just like drop them in, you know, um, and then they're like immediately good. You know, it typically takes a couple of seasons. So like, but they, those players are so good that I wonder if Chelsea could be like a title contender. It was kind of like, um, I guess it was like five years ago when Antonio Conte came to Chelsea and he, um, he had Diego Costa and um, Marcus Alonso. And like, that was supposed to be like kind of like a rebuilding year for Chelsea. And then he like installed that like three at the back, you know, it's like a three, four, three. It was just like, mm-hmm. like, I think they had like 11 wins in a row. I think it was a premier league record for like consecutive wins in a, in a season. And so like I, this Chelsea team, like, I don't know how good their defense is going to be, but I think that they could score like three goals, like, you know practically every game like i think they're going to be like just super fun to watch so i i don't know if that's like you know i, I don't know i actually think liverpool are like flying a little under the radar it seems like everyone's talking about man city uh winning the league this year but to me i think um i'm still i'm still a liverpool believer just because they're so like, liverpool well signed uh a greek kid young kid uh tamikas is his name mm-hmm. and he's he's an exceptional defender man and i hate if you think I was ranting bad about the the U.S. men's team, Greek soccer sucks. I haven't watched them, dude. Yeah. I haven't watched them since they didn't qualify for the World Cup after winning Euro. And I was like, yeah. I was fifteen. I was like, nah, yeah. there's no way. You like, guys even sucked teams. when you won the Euros. Uh, like, yeah, they were awful. Yeah. I think I think it was like yeah. they they scored six of seven goals <laughs> off set pieces. And then they had like the Stoke under, City of the Euros. <laughs> under 40% possession in every single game. It's like they would have they had these big guys up, up front, crosses, and that was it. Mm-hmm. But they signed this kid, Liverpool, and he's he's a baller, man. He's really, really good. And he's yeah, he just got know, injured he or something, to, didn't he? I, I think, think he so have, in the in yeah. this well, I'm calling it preseason, but these like last couple of uh, of games there. Alex, what would yeah. you say is your biggest storyline, man, heading into the EPL? The biggest storyline for me at least is Marcelo Bielsa and Leeds United. I've been a fan of Bielsa forever. I love his style. And one of my favorite coaches, Pep Guardiola, talks about him all the time. And he just praises him all the time. So I really want to see how Marcelo Bielsa and his team are going to do in the Premier League. The first game is against Liverpool, the Premier League champs. I mean, does it get any tougher than that? Not really. As Saturday always. afternoon, it's like a yeah. primetime game. Yep. Exactly, exactly. Norwich had to do the exact same thing last season, and it didn't end well at all. Nope. That game and that season didn't end well. No. So I just really want to see how, how Bielsa's tactics are going to change or if they're going to stay the same. He typically kind of just sticks to his guns. He doesn't really care who he's coaching or who he's playing against. It, 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 it all stays the same. So it's going to be interesting. I really want to see what, what Leeds United can do. And I think for whatever reason, I, I have this gut feeling that Leeds United might at some point of the season, maybe like October, November, if of course everything goes fine. I think that they can be contending for a maybe even like a Europa League qualifying spot. They're not going to end the season there but they are going to end in the top half of the season. That's what I think. Just kind of like what on... Sheffield United did last season. Exactly. And even though they're rivals, but I think they're going to do a very similar thing to what Sheffield did, Chris Wilder and, and, uh, mm-hmm. and Sheffield did. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just Marcelo Bielsa. I, I do think this is the biggest test that he has had in his entire career. And boy, has he had a career. So yeah. this, this right here, him in the Premier League, and then I believe October 3rd, he faces... Pep Guardiola's Manchester City. 
which I am waiting for that game, impatiently waiting for that one because I really want to see it. But Bielsa, his tactics, his, his way, his personality, they're coming to the Premier League, and I cannot be more excited for that. It's going to be so much fun. And the, the, the signings have been pretty good. Rodrigo Moreno from Valencia, yep. one of the best signings. Starting Spain, starting forward. You know, it's, Correct. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, Correct. Yeah. And uh, as of today that we're recording, today's Tuesday, Julian Draxler from PSG. <laughs> he really? might become a, uh, yeah. It's rumored. It's rumored anyway. Oh. It's rumored. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he might become a, a a Leeds player. So we'll see what happens with them. I, I I do believe a lot in Marcelo Bielsa, and uh, in 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 the Spanish media, they always see him as a coach that that has a very attractive style, but just never wins. And I really really hope that with this championship win that he had this past season. He kind of changed the narrative a little bit, and if he pulls off something spectacular in the Premier League, I listen. I don't think they're probably they're probably not even going to be close to like a European spot. Maybe, like I said, sixth place, seventh place in like November. But if he can end in the top half of the league, I think that'll be a massive accomplishment for Marcelo Bielsa. But it's always like a hit or miss with him too, because sometimes he just gets up and he leaves. You know, someone says something that he doesn't like, and he's like, "All right, I'm out." So you got to get up. Careful. He gets up off his little bucket and the uh, waddles it's away. Like a, that's like a selling <laughs> yeah. point. Like that's part of what makes my feeling, right? It's like, well, who knows what the, what the hell this guy's going to do, you know? Yeah. 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 Of course. Um, but yeah, Leeds United, I'll be excited to watch on Saturday. Uh, I just hope they don't get like five put past them because that would absolutely suck. <laughs> and that would ruin anything that, <laughs> that could happen. But um uh, We'll see. Leeds United, very fun. I've been I've been looking off off to the side here because I think one thing that's going to be interesting, and I know you mentioned uh, COVID being a factor. I think COVID from last year going into this year, like the Euro Cup got moved, right? So you're going to have a lot of whether it's international friendlies, whether it's World Cup qualifiers as well, and Champions League. You're going to be having a lot more soccer, I think, than in the past, and. Yeah. I'm curious to see how that's going to all be juggled. And then just fast forward uh, to next year's Premier League, just looking ahead, like I'm already, my mind is just filled with the idea of all this content that's going to be out on a weekly basis, right? Like the World Cup's going to be in the middle of the season. And then you're going to have NFL, college football, hopefully by then. You're going to have the NBA. Then what are they going to do with Champions League? What are they doing with the leagues? Because the Qatar World Cup, is going to be during our winter. So, man, it's going to be crazy these next couple of months with, with, yeah. with all this stuff. Oh, man. The, 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 the Qatar World Cup, that's going to be, like, insane. Like, I don't even know how that's – like, they've already kind of mapped it out with the Premier League, too. I think it's like the games are – I think the World Cup is supposed to end, like, December 18th. And the Premier League is going to be back on like on Boxing Day, or they they treat Boxing Day Premier League like um, they treat it like uh, like like the NBA does Christmas, you know, where it's like it's everything is like built around. But it's like a full day of, of matches, so uh, I'm sure they're going to do it. But but it'll be this weird thing though, where you'll have like all of these. Like it actually, maybe it's, maybe it'll be a year when like a Sheffield does win the league, you know, because like all of these like <laughs> random clubs are going to like be missing half their players. They're just going to like go right back into the. You know, now that you I mentioned mean, the, a random team winning it, I got to ask you guys this as we slowly start to wrap up. Brandon, what was – how would you feel about that Leicester City run, man? 
I mean, it was one of the greatest things I've ever witnessed. Uh, it was remarkable. And it was one of those journeys that uh, you kept expecting it to end the next week. And I have many fantasy sports memories wrapped up in that. And Josh is sick of hearing about this story of when I had Robert Huth, central defender in that league winning, league winning side for Leicester. And I benched him because Leicester was playing <laughs> Manchester City. And Robert Huth scored two goals. And Lester kind of announced themselves as winners and I couldn't begrudge him because it was just, it wasn't, it wasn't like your beloved Greece winning the Euros where they just kind of uh, won the league despite themselves. They played beautiful football. Jamie Vardy was one of those great heels during that season to use some mm -hmm. wrestling parlance. Love it. Love and uh, Riyad Mahrez, one of the best players, best attacking wingers we've seen in the league in the last decade emerged too what's 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 not to love about it and and the fact that they they brought it home uh, especially like 2020 name one good thing that has happened recently one great story that was fun to follow and it's hard to pick them and to know that uh, lester had that true cinderella story uh, it it's great i love thinking about it well, everyone kept harping on the 5,000 to one, right, Josh? Like there were 5,000 to one to win the Premier League. They actually influenced a lot of sports books overseas where now the biggest underdog that you could be or long shot is 1,000 to one. Like there's no more 2,000, 5,000 to one. And I know we're talking about a rare situation, but I think the most fascinated, fascinating part of the Leicester run was that this wasn't a team that got hot at the playoffs and they ran to a championship, right? You've seen, I mean, again, I, as a Giants fan, I've seen them win two Super Bowls where they were below average. And then a couple of guys came back and they just took the league by storm there where this was a September to Memorial day weekend run. Right. And I know there might be some arguments where, you know, they didn't have champions league. They didn't, I don't care about that. Like the fact that you were doing that on that kind yeah. of payroll where you just yeah. dominated your whole league and to win, like that's one of the most impressive feats. It should be talked about a lot more is what I'm saying. Yeah, that's that is true. Yeah. That is the true. beauty of the Premier League or the, the uh, sort of the European table system is you can't just do it in the playoffs. You, you right. have to do it throughout. You have to do it consistently because it's a point system you know, you can scoff at draws being an actual result that can happen in soccer, but it's it all comes down to a strategy that has to bear fruit over the course of nine months. You're talking about a, a school year, um, and it's not like I'll just study for my exams. You have to show up to class every day. Um, wow, that was a really labored metaphor, but thanks for going there with me. <laughs> no, I kind of like that one, though. It yeah, definitely yeah, it made sure. sense. Yeah. I, I think also, paper like... Paper looks really good. That's you talked about, <laughs> talked about the draw sometimes turning people off. I think one of the fascinations people have with soccer is if a game was starting at 12 in the afternoon and we all wanted to go to the bar after, we knew that by 2.30 we could all get there. Three o'clock at worst, you know? Like, oh, we'll yeah. factor in traffic. Whereas, you know... Baseball game starts at 12. Who knows when that's going to end? Who knows when the, yeah. the basketball game might end now with the stoppages and the challenges and whatnot. So I think Come on, Nick, you, you don't, you, you go to the bar for the 12, 12 PM kickoff. Okay. You're already no, I'm there. Trying to, I'm trying to paint the picture here, Brandon. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? But it's, it's, uh, 
that that is what I think is one of the biggest appeals with soccer is that you know obviously there's exceptions to the rules like overtimes and whatnot during knockout games and international ties, but for the most part it's it's a very simple game. It's nonstop action for 45 minutes, two yep. different intervals. You right. have a little stoppage in the in the middle. Alex, yeah. what would you say is uh, your well? You you asked already, right? You answered the storyline thing. Yeah, yeah, I I did, but I I, I wanted to. Uh, to touch on a couple more points and I want you guys to join me on this one just yeah, really quick. Cause yeah. I know we might be running out of time. Three things that I want to ask you guys. The first one, your surprise team for the season. Um, the second one player to watch. And the third one, of course, we can't do a preview show without asking this one. Who do you guys think is going to be the champion of the premier league this season? I'm going to start off with you, Brandon. What do you got to say? Uh, the surprise team is, is Newcastle for me because they they played some dour stuff last season and during this break everyone was kind of cobbling their list together of teams likely to get relegated newcastle had everything going against them they had a an ownership sale that uh, was going to happen to uh was it some some people in saudi arabia fell through mm-hmm. and um it looked like everything was just going terribly for this club then they turned it around just in the last week with these signings that they're two boys from Bournemouth. Bournemouth got relegated last season, but mm-hmm. these are players who are so suited for the Premier League. It's Callum Wilson, who is a, a great number nine for Bournemouth. He'll play striker. Newcastle needed a forward last season. And Ryan Frazier, who's a really fast player on the left wing. And when you look at the Newcastle lineup now with those guys, you've got Almiron, St. Maximin, this incredibly fast uh, French player, Almiron, who um, uh, you tell me... Uh, he's he's from Paraguay. Paraguay, he's from yeah. Atlanta. In, yeah. Maybe who's mm-hmm. faster between Almiron and Saint Maximin? Then you got Fraser on the left. So suddenly their attack looks really appealing, and they've gone from a team who I think would get relegated to a team that could be fun to watch and root for to get into the the top half of the table. Um, and then as far as the the player to watch, I'd look to Everton. Everton is another team who have really transformed their midfield. Mm-hmm. And if there was a manager with the same sort of uh, the same sort of stock as Bielsa, you look at Ancelotti and he inherited a really tough squad at Everton, but he has the pedigree and now he has the midfield. Now that they've signed Hamas Rodriguez, they've Ooh, got Decore. That is. Yeah, yeah. Incredible signing. And they played together at Bayern Munich. So he, he knows him as a player. Mm-hmm. And uh, Decore, who is a great spine player, has got that driving force. And um, add that to Richarlison up front. And I think Richarlison is the player that I'm going to have my eye on this season because he's just like a really fiery player. He's got a nose for goal, 13 goals last season. So if the midfield does gel really quickly, Ancelotti is able to sprinkle his little magic dust on them, Richarlison could be one of the, the leading scorers in the league come December. Look at you talking yeah, I, well about yeah. Richarlison, Brandon. <laughs> I know. I, I, I generally find he's, he has a demeanor that, that generally puts me off. But I think yeah, it's, yeah. it's, hard, it's yeah. hard to deny if everything is built sort of around Richarlison. Um, and some, some people would know Richarlison from his ex, exploits with, with Brazil. So, yeah, could be a fun team, Everton, this season. I love the mentioning of James because I yeah. think he's – you know, I – it's great to play on Real Madrid and the Barcelonas of the world, but I also, I'm a fan of 
players playing right like yeah. being in an 11 constantly and you have mm. games underneath you and that's what i think it, it's great to go to real madrid but like are you gonna find playing time there and at the time when he when he signed over after that Colombia run that he went on in in 2014 another 2014 mentioning uh on this podcast here with the world cup it's it was hard for him to find his place over there and he's bounced around a couple of teams and now going to the epl it's I'm curious to see if his game's going to adapt to the EPL. Yeah, it's not going to be it's not going to be straightforward for him, but mm-hmm. yeah, I, if you have a manager that you've worked for, you've got to believe that gives him a certain degree of comfort. Yeah. Uh, he's not mm-hmm. he's not coming into a system that's probably totally new. And just I'm going to cop take a cop out on the uh the final question. I I just think Manchester City is going to walk the league this season. It's yeah. not interesting, but it's true. Even though their defense is any better. Well, if they sign Koulibaly, if Laporte stays healthy and Koulibaly is a signing, I mean, I think they are they're Kyle okay. Walker probably has one more season left in him. And then is it Garcia out on the left? Um, I mean, they're, they're, they have the makings there for a decent yeah. defense. Um, I think for me, I'll, I'll, I'll pick the uh, – the, the surprise, well, I don't know that you know they're a surprise team. They may be a surprise team for someone who doesn't follow the league too closely, but uh, I'll pick the surprise team and player from the same team. Uh, okay. And that's, uh, that's Wolves, um, who is a team that I just love. I love to watch them play. Um, they sort of um, unofficially have this like partnership with this, with this kind of super agent. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's like they, they've been funneling like basically the greatest non Cristiano Ronaldo Portuguese players in the world, like I've been like going to. Uh, wolves for a few seasons now and so they they are in promotion this way and Mm -hmm. they're just they're just fun and like they have a kind of low-key like one of the top defenses in the in the premier league as well i probably like i would consider it to be one of the second or third best defenses in the in the entire league um especially when you consider well they don't have they matt doherty signed with 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 Spurs, unfortunately, mm. uh, but they have this this like really like underrated backline. Just Connor Cody, who finally got a call up to England, uh, Willie Bully, and then this guy uh, remains safe. And they're just so solid. And they have Raul Jimenez, who's just this, this you know he's a Mexican player, uh, incredibly consistent striker. Two seasons in a row, he's just been complete like Mister Consistent. Just fun. And the player that I'm going to pick is um, this guy Daniel Potence, um, who. It could be Potence. I'm not sure. Actually, it's, it's, it's Portuguese. Uh, and uh, he signed kind of low-key, um, like, I guess it was in January, um, for like $20 million. They gave him the number 10 shirt, got injured, like, right off the bat. And then once he started playing, he looked awesome. Like, just like a total badass. He's a little five-foot-five guy, a little, like, kind of like David Silva type. You love um, the short guys, Josh. I do love the short guy. Juan Mata, you know, give me a short guy. Sandy Cazorla. Uh, but, you know, he just looks like he's uh, just going to be a lot of, a lot of fun this year. And I think that team, like, you know, I don't know if I think Wolves can win the league, but I absolutely think that Wolves can end up uh, in one of the Champions League spots this year, even with even with uh, all these other teams improved. I think that, you know, like if Chelsea don't gel or Man United doesn't, like something falls apart there, I think that Wolves can end up taking one of those one of those spots. I love that pick. <laughs> I, I absolutely love that pick because that just means Raul Jimenez is going to be doing good. And yeah, I'm, all, I'm here. <laughs> he's for great. He's, he's fun to watch too. Yeah, so likable. Yeah, yeah. Didn't yeah. so didn't Wolves used to have an American manager? Was it Wolves? Wasn't there an American dude recently? Yeah. Well, Bradley went to Swansea. Swansea, Swansea yeah, a, yeah, for like a month. 
Uh, yeah, but like, that yeah. that that was uh, terrible. That didn't go Thanks. very well. Yeah, Are you thinking of Ted Lasso, Nick? I think that that is what I'm thinking about. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. I like that show. Those. I don't know if anybody else has watched that. It's on Apple TV. That's a good show. Like that is a super fun show. I like. I don't know if you guys have even like heard about it, but it's it's Jason um, Jason Sudeikis. You know, plays this American football manager who who takes over this club. It's it's like it's like a Crystal Palace type club. They don't they don't call it that. They actually filmed the film the show in Selhurst Park. Uh, but it's just like this like you know like he's like in kansas or whatever and uh yeah it's it's pretty good that's a free he's club. like boy it's cr- it's crazy the steering wheels on the other side of the car and then they do like 20 minutes on on that yeah you still haven't watched it have you brandon it's, i haven't I, no yeah it's good <laughs> i i actually really like it it's yeah it's solid i'll check it by, out by the way i just caught the ted lasso reference over here so brandon you're definitely <laughs> buying the first round of beers when we okay. all <laughs> right. my bad <laughs> trolling me on my damn show and i said yes like an asshole Dude, i thought you to, i thought you played sure. it off pretty well he wore he wore glasses too i know i'm like i'm not really helping my case here but there was a there was a manager in the premier league and i'm either he was american or he had ties to the u.s oh are you thinking of oh, the right. uh the um Huddersfield, Huddersfield guy. town guy. Yeah, who's now at Verder, Bremen. Yeah, what was his name? Yeah, he he actually got like three caps right for America. Yeah, um, but he, he's like he's like a German dude. He's like Jurgen Klopp's best friend or something like that. It was like best man at his wedding or something. Carlos? No, no, that's not him. That's not him. Never mind. I'll, I'll try to find a link to tweet it out because this is gonna kill me. But I know for <laughs> a fact that they used to have. There was a dude that was on the Premier League. He was a manager and he was American. Josh, did we get your call for league winners? I think I mentioned Liverpool early on, so I'm gonna oh, I'm gonna stick yeah, with right. I'll, I'll stick with Liverpool. There you go. I kind of feel like there's some pressure on Chelsea to win it with all this money that they're throwing around. So I'm yeah. curious to see them, and also you know, once again, man, stars and stripes, baby. <laughs> you know, we already lost one, guys. We saw the Canadians got one on us, right? Yeah. Alfonso is, is, Davies. So good, too. Yeah. Is Pulisic really going to let Tyler Adams steal all of his Champions League shine? I just can't can't believe that's, that's going to happen. So Pulisic scoring in, in this coming Champions League quarterfinal, semifinal, final, you'd love to see it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> guys, it was a pleasure. I enjoyed the conversation. I'm sure my audience will as well. Josh Landon, Brandon Kelly, the always cheating boys over here. Guys, plug away. Uh, tell everyone more where they can find you, your social medias. Brandon, I'll throw it to you first. Yeah, you can find all, all about us at alwayscheating.com. Subscribe to our podcast anywhere you get podcasts. And uh, on social media, Josh, Josh, throw out those handles for us. Yeah, uh, we're at uh, Hail Cheaters is usually the term that we use. Uh, so it's uh, 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 on Twitter, we're at Hail Cheaters, H-A-I-L Cheaters, not Hail like German Nile or whatever. Uh, <laughs> Hail Cheaters uh, at Facebook.com. So I was cheating. Uh, but, you know, the, the like Brian said, you can find all this stuff on our website or just, you know, search Twitter's always cheating. Um, Google it. But uh, the one thing, you know, the season starts on Saturday. So if people are interested in joining, we've got a free league that anybody can join called the Always Cheating Super League. Takes you, you can you can walk into the if you just go to um well if you go to our website you can you can click the link right there. But you know if you just go to the Premier League uh, site, they've got a fantasy game right there. You can set up a team in like 
honestly about five minutes and it does not take that long at all um and uh maybe even less honestly and um so you can do that and you can play with us and then you can listen to the podcast this season and you know they have head-to-head leagues too so if you don't have like you know eight friends or whatever to like join create your own like little mini league like if you're doing nfl fantasy style uh you can actually do a head-to-head league too so you can just get like one other friend and um, you and that friend can just you know compete against each other all season, which is what Brandon and I do actually. So I'll tell you what, it, it's it's worth just trying it. There's no there's no cost to you, and you just get out of bed. You have your fantasy team ready to go. I like to sleep in, and being a fantasy addict has actually helped get me out of bed Saturday and Sunday morning. So I think that's that's another pitch for you. member to save hundreds on your auto loan, aren't you? Anyone can join PenFed. As someone terrified of heights, I probably should have looked into that. Probably. Drop me off at the shore. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash autos or call 1-800-247-5626. Advertised rates available through the PenFed car buying service. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.